This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 63, with your host, Andy Kirby. And Jared Mayo. How the heck are you? Dude, how the heck are you? Where you been? <laughs> Good. You seem to be overmodulating. You're like this. Oh, really? Yeah. You Still? Weren't, you weren't a second ago. I haven't done anything different. Oh, all right. All right. Well, uh, what did you, I'm sorry, what did you ask me? How are you? Where have you been? I'm good. I've been out uh, in a boot, out in the boot. Um, man, I got stories. I got stories for you. Yeah, I haven't even heard about Disney World. Oh, yes. Yeah, Disney World. Well, we are not what you would call Disney people. <laughs> so it's not probably good to go for an entire week. Oh, man, it was all right. It was just like I kept counting kids, and I was like, Okay, there's my kids. There's the other four kids, nieces and nephews. And, uh, you know, everybody, since we went with uh, Jackie's brother and family, was kind of like, are you having fun? Are you having fun? Okay, all right. Are, are, if we do this, are you going to have fun? And I'm just like, whatever. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, did you – you probably don't want to ride this ride because I don't like rides. I don't like roller coasters. So I'm like, no, I'll stay with the kids. So I stayed with the kids most of the time and everybody else rode. Gotcha. But the girls got to meet the princesses, and you know the best part. Look, the the Star Tours thing. Or the have you been to Disney World? No, huh? Okay, the best things there is at Hollywood Studios, which used to be called MGM Studios, but now it's Hollywood Studios. Uh, there's this stunt display with um, uh, Indiana Jones, and that's fantastic. That's amazing. Um, they talk about all the stunt work and everything that they do at the sh- on the on the movie. And then there's also the Star Tours simulator where you're in this little uh, seat like a transport and they have a story and then like you get hijacked. Um, you have a rebel spy on board and so you have to deliver the rebel spy to the rebellion and, um, you know, Darth Vader's after you and stuff. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, that was fun. It was 3D. I'm not too keen on 3D. But you know what? Disney World has the best 3D I've ever seen. So that's pretty cool. Oh, I bet. Yes, indeed. But, so but you were there for seven days, right? Seven days. So did you literally see everything there? No, 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 no. We've traveled one day, and then we went to um, Animal Kingdom the first day, and then Hollywood Studios the second day. Then we took a day off, and then we went to Magic Kingdom. That's where Cinderella's Castle is. And then we took another day off, and then we went to uh, the first half of the day, Hollywood Studios. We went there again, and the second half we went to Epcot. So you you took two vacation days from your vacation? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And actually, the drive back was the the best ride there. (laughs) (laughs) And you went to Hollywood Studios, not Universal Studios? That's correct. Yeah, Hollywood Studios is, is a Disney park. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Universal Studios, they all have all, like all the wild like Marvel rides and everything that, you know, you really think you're going to die. 
Yeah. And so yeah, I that's where we went. Yeah, I don't do that. You didn't. You didn't want to go to see Marvel Land. Not if no. I well, I mean, it really wasn't my choice. I kind of just was there. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the then we is... we the uh, you know every every park has their nighttime like giant either fireworks display or show or something like that. So like. We went to Hollywood Studios show and where they like it's a it's a wa- kind of a water show where they have fountains and spraying and they project project movie clips and stuff on the water, wow. and it's all about Mickey dreaming and how imagination is more powerful than evil apparently, because the basically the whole thing was Mickey versus Satan, so oh. <laughs> it was really really weird. They called him Satan. No, but it was like all the evil characters. And you know, have you seen Fantasia? Yeah. Okay, there's like, I've only seen it once when I was a kid. But there's this one part with like demons and angels, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and so like this giant demon wing thing is like one of the bad guys. And so is Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. And so is the witch from Snow White. And apparently Mickey says, no, this is my dream. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. You know, and like defeats it's really strange man i don't know from a marketing standpoint this place is amazing okay it was amazing to see how everybody was trained to do the exact same thing it was amazing how every they pitched the whole thing it's all about nostalgia it's all about memories and that's their revenue stream they have billboards everywhere that's like, make memories for years to come. Make your memories now. It's all about memories. So, like, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I felt so amazing when I went to Disney World. And then when you grow up, you're like, you know, I really want my kids to feel the same way I felt. So, like, then you end up going, and then you don't feel that way again, and you hope <laughs> your kids do. And so, like, then you're like, well, maybe the next time it'll be better. And you go the next year, and that's how they get their repeat business. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing (laughs) that may be a cynical outlook but if i was looking at their books man that's what it's about but but and you guys aren't like huge disney fans though um no okay marvel marvel well and since disney owns marvel was there a bunch of marvel stuff there no and i had to explain to jackie about like um uh about licensing rights and that kind of stuff and she kept saying like where i thought disney owned marvel and i was like good on you kid but (laughs) universal studios still has the contracts for a lot of these things and you know if they renew the contract if the license is renewed it's going to cost them out the wazoo but you know it might be worth it for them i don't know how easy it is to rebrand a roller coaster that was the incredible hulk into you know, the Incredible Leprechaun or something like that. Well, it's green. It could be Shrek, you know. The Incredible Shrek! Yeah, it could be, you know, if they license from DreamWorks. Who knows? Well, Universal Studios has a Shrek right over there, so that's why I just figured. Oh, yeah. I'm not too familiar with that. Well, so did they didn't have, like, a bunch of um, memorabilia or anything, like T-shirts and stuff? Oh, I'm sure they did. I mean, I'm oh. sure they were, like, $50 a T-shirt or something. Oh, okay. No. So this was not a souvenir buying excursion. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Gotcha, gotcha. I and did we'll... buy a whole bunch of comics for the drive there, but not I... at Disney. No. So you can read and drive? I can't. This is one of the few times because I knew I was behind on my books, 
And so I was, uh, you know, Jackie always asks, oh, do you want me to drive? And um, I rarely ever do. But I was like, sure, yeah, if you want to drive. And I was like, and taking each book out and putting it back after I'm done. And finally she looked over and she said, how many of those do you have? And I was <laughs> like, uh, you know, a couple of weeks worth. And she's like, how many is that? And I'm like, 32. <laughs> And she was like, did you get a discount on those? And I was like, uh, no, I forgot to order from DCB Service. We might as well go into it. I mean, DCBService.com, they're our sponsor. And if I had bought from them for this particular time, I would have gotten 40, up to 50% off my books. I had to order two months in advance, which I didn't do. But as soon as I got home, I ordered my January and February. If you hurry today, you can still order your January books. That's probably going to come off the the site tomorrow because it's the 28th of February tomorrow. But anyway, they sponsor us. Uh, they're fantastic. They have flat shipping rate. And, man, I tell you what, I just bought, I think, 70 books for February from them. 70? Yeah. Whoa. I know. But you know what? It's only the cost of 35 Yeah, Yeah, that's really good. Yep, it's that's fantastic. That's a lot of titles to read, though. What'd you say? That's a lot of titles to read, though, and keep up on. That's true, but here's my deal, and don't tell DCBS this, okay? Right. This is what I'm going to do. We have a listener who lives around here, okay? And so, basically, uh, I'm buying these books, all right? And then I'm turning around and selling them to him, I'm taking the digital copy, and he's getting the paper copy. Mm. So they're 30 40% off. They're 40% off from DC, DCBS, and they have the Marvel Now bundle, so some of them are 50% off. I turn around and sell them to, to him for a good price, like 150 a comic or half a comic, depending. And then, so... I pay 30%, he pays 30%, we both get the comics. It's amazing. We get a, we get a comic book for a third of the price, for like a dollar. That's awesome. It is awesome. It's a, so anyway, that's what that's what I'm doing. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a good businessman right there. Oh, you know it, man. So any of you guys, if you're, if you're doing that and somebody likes digital and somebody likes the paper copies, buy from DCBS. Go to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. They are basically a Sam's Club or Costco membership, but for everything that you need at Office Depot. Um, I just spoke with them this week, actually, and they've lowered some prices on a couple things. They've got some coupons out there. Uh, so definitely look them up. They can be found at facebook.com slash communityretailpartnership, or their website is crpsavings.com. Well, that's cool. Uh, we might as well give out contact information. You can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. You can visit our website, marvel616politics.com. Uh, iTunes, the best way to find us in your browser is bit.ly slash marvel616politics. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Our Facebook feed goes directly to Twitter at 616politics. You can also look us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. Or you can give us a call if you have questions or anything witty to say at 616-755-TINA. Right on, man. That's what? What is TINA? Is that 8462? 
616-755-8462. Get it right. Get it right or pay the price. And actually, we have – don't we have a, a voicemail? We do. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's throw that in right now. We can answer his or her question. Hey, guys. This is Kevin McVicker. I, uh, I don't have a question or a witty retort. I just always feel bad whenever y'all talk about your voicemail and no one's calls. So, yeah. So I, I just didn't want y'all to be all lonely. Okay. Bye. Well – I don't think I've ever been more discouraged. <laughs> Why? Because didn't you just hear the voicemail? Yeah. Basically, you guys never did voicemail, so I thought I'd call and, you know, at least have a voicemail. Thanks, <laughs> We do get voicemails. They're just usually inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to get a lot more voicemails. We haven't gotten any recently. Yeah, and you know, people don't email us because we got the Facebook page. Where you are active on the Facebook page, and so, you know, some of the other uh, groups or podcasts I listen to, they don't have a page, so they do do a lot more email. Yeah, I try and update it, you know, two, three times a day, except on the weekends usually, and I mean, I even posted a picture of you up today. Did you really? I did. What is this? No, you people didn't. People wonder what you look like. People don't want to know what I look like. They do. I'm checking this out. I haven't been on the page for a while. Because uh, my computer's been down. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I called Jackie and she was like, I know your computer's been down, but don't take it out on me. <laughs> yeah, what, what's up with the IT department? Oh, man, I don't know. For two weeks, my computer's died. What? What is this? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Did you tell this? Is... Oh, yes, folks, that's a picture of Andy. Well, I could do worse. They don't know what you look like. I just had a Google old man recording. <laughs> Speaking of Google, when you type in Marvel 616, we are the seventh and eighth result. Marvel, Just Marvel 616? Mm-hmm. Actually, that's really cool. Yeah, I was talking to um, one of our listeners, Darren Michael. He's, given, he, he's the one that um, did all the profiles leading up to the Thor movie. For all the characters, and he was telling me he he does a lot of that uh, search engine stuff, and he was telling me, yeah, dude, you're ranking really high. That that's a really good position. Mine says number four. Oh, awesome! Yeah, Marvel six one six politics, and this isn't even my computer. <laughs> this that's is, great. This is somebody else's. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he did say I need to be logged out of Gmail, so I bet that's probably why. Oh, maybe. That's great. We'll take four. We'll work our way up to number one. I mean, why not, right? Yeah. I mean, why not? So tell me what's going on with you. Tell me one thing with you before I launch into some more stories here. Oh, gosh. Just before we started recording, as I was doing all my research, making sure everything is prepared for the show, I get on to the website called thefoosh.com. That's where I look up all my Marvel toy goodness. And there's a figure, a Black Widow figure, that I've been, like, pressing refresh, refresh, to try and get this figure. And she went up on Amazon and literally sold out in, like, two or three minutes while I was doing research instead of hitting refresh. Oh. I was, like, so bummed. Very sad. That That is extremely sad. She's packed one per box because... They don't believe that female figures sell, which obviously they do. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so she's just so hard to find and i i just want her <laughs> so so do you like when you get these figures you get out get them out and play with them and or do you leave them in the box oh no i take i don't play with them but i take them out and i put them in displays you've seen the room I know, but you don't sit down and never play and be like, oh, we're going to get you. Oh, my face. No, no. Never? No, I do. Maybe every once in a while when we get a new Lego set, but not with the figures. See, I don't do that with Legos because it breaks apart too easily. And I'm like, ah, oh, i got to stop playing, and now i got to put it back together. Do you have the Marvel Legos? I have, you know, the bike, the, oh. the spider bike. Okay. No, that's cool. You know. We cool. just picked up the... Uh, Hulk and Modok set that came out this week. Oh, right on. So it's really cool, Modok in Lego form. Jennifer... Dude, I spent all my money on the books. I can't spend anything on anything else. I know it's it's not good to have this obsessive personality. <laughs> if it says Marvel on it, I have to have it. <laughs> that that is expensive. I yeah. don't tell Marvel that. I know. Well, that's the thing. They know. They're like, <laughs> what a fool. <laughs> <laughs> this poor. <laughs> Black Widow one per every eight, and then make him run all around. Man, I'm sorry about that. That's that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, you know, if you ever go to Target or Walmart and you want to keep your eyes out for me, I wouldn't be upset with you. Okay, all right. Well, that, yeah, that's good to know. You wouldn't be upset with me. How about if I get you a Ms. Marvel figure? Uh, I have her figure. The new one? She doesn't have a new figure. Oh no, I'm at the new Ms. Marvel. Oh, you know, I want that. <laughs> I'm going to put Dr. Doom standing over her bloodied body. (laughs) I thought I was the one that was like, oh, yeah, she's going to (laughs) die. I saw that Captain Marvel, uh, she's going to relaunch, but it's going to be a six-issue series. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't know it was just going to be six issues. I know. I didn't either. But, you know, poor Kelly Sudakonic. Really? Six issues? That's what it said on the on the preview. It said one of six. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. What? Well, maybe they were waiting to see how well this one sold. This uh, you know, this this thing with the teenage girl in the scarf. Oh, people loved it. I know. We're gonna. That's talk one, about but two men that I know. We're we're gonna talk about this. Um. <laughs> okay. So I shot a possum the other night. Uh, good. Good segue. So. So speaking of shooting things, the possum. So uh, anyway, the dog's barking. I'm like, what is going on? And so we just got home um, uh, from Disney World. I like to say Disney World. I don't know why people say Disney because it makes it sound like an imaginary, you know, fantasy place. But Disney World is an actual place. Well, because you could have maybe been in Disneyland or Euro Disney. and Right, exactly. That's why I want to say Disney World, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, the dog's barking, and um, I'm going out, and I'm like, what in the world? And uh, it's it's treed something. Something is up a tree. So I was like, I, it was a giant black thing, and it was nighttime, and I couldn't see it. And then all of a sudden it turned, and that white face looked at me and smiled with his toothy grin. I was like, oh, you're mine. So I ran back to the house. I was like, man, I hope it stays where it was. And so I loaded the shotgun. Dude, I love my shotgun. It's, <laughs> it's really awesome. So then I go out there, and I can't really aim because it's totally dark, and so I'm like just the general direction. And, like, no leaves are left or anything like that in this tree, and I'm like, where'd it go? Did it fall on me? <laughs> and so I look around for it and everything, and I see it's it's 
totally half of it's gone. The middle ha- middle upper half is gone, and so I found this thing. And so now I'm like, oh, well, I mean, at least I got it, but now what do I do with this corpse? <laughs> so I'm walking around. I have the tail. Have you ever felt a possum tail? Um, no, I don't believe so. Okay. Well, I felt, you know, I felt them here and there. Anyway, um, they're really stout and really, really like when you feel it, it feels like somebody's dead finger. Okay. Okay. I felt a person's dead finger, really. Right. It's like somebody's finger, but it's totally lifeless. You know what I'm saying? Even if it, even if the possum was alive, the feeling that you get is that cold, clammy. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Anyway, so I'm holding it by that, and like I'm trying not to get its entrails gooped on me, and so I'm like, what am I gonna do with this? What am I gonna do with this? And so I decided I'm just gonna throw it over the barn. Something's gonna get it. It'll be fine. Well, this thing was a big sucker, okay? So I go to heave this thing over the barn, right? And all of a sudden, like, things are splattering on me, and I'm like, oh, oh, gross! So then, like, that threw my throw off a little bit, and I hear, ting! So it landed on top of the barn. <laughs> so, and the pro, I mean, the good thing I thought was, well, it's not on this side of the barn, it's on the other side of the barn. It's on the other side of the, you know, the peak, the pinnacle of the barn. And I was like, at least you can't see it. So, I just leave it there for now, because it's like 9.30 at night. And, um, so then, like, doing the chores the next few days and everything, like, it really starts smelling and baking in the sun. and Yeah. The birds came and got it? I, you know, I haven't seen. I saw it a couple of days ago. I haven't checked it since. But it, man, it was it's a bad idea. Bad idea. Is that the end of the story? That's the end of that one. Oh, oh, there are more. <laughs> That's the end of the possum story. Oh, okay. It's like, okay. <laughs> so, um, when I'm driving my car. If, and that's a good segue. Yes. <laughs> but what is your stance on hitchhikers? Uh, hit them with your car. No, I, that can't be. That can't be real. No, no. Um, like I don't know that I have a stance on them. What? Do you what help them? Up? Do you pick them up? Do you, have you ever? Do you you know kind of like the leading of the Holy Spirit type thing, or what do you do? Oh, um, I try to quench the Holy Spirit when it tells me to pick up <laughs> a person because. <laughs> I don't think it's correct. <laughs> wow. Well, my car's usually so messy, somebody can't get in, so that's how I always justify not picking anyone up. You're always just like, I'm sorry, I'd give you a ride, but I can't. It's just so messy. It is. Like, the front, no, the front seat's filled with energy drink cans, and the back seat has comic books and action figures all over the place. <laughs> Mine has tractor parts in it right now. <laughs> And animal parts. and Animal parts, tractor parts, a rally's bag. Anyway, gross. I think that's the nastiest thing. Dude, I was like, you know what? I could use a burger the other night. It was like, it was like late Tuesday night. And so I went and stopped at Raleigh. And it was the worst thing I could have eaten. It was, it was just awful. Oh, it is. It was. I can't. I couldn't believe how horrible it was. <laughs> the commercial. You're like, I could probably eat that, and then you get it. And you're like, I can't have this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I can't eat this. <laughs> oh, God. 
All right. So anyway, uh, I generally, if I'm with my family, you know, don't pick up hitchhikers or, or anything like that. Um, sometimes I'll give money to families on the side of the road. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's different. Okay. So I'm down in Morgan City. Now, this place is rough, dude. This place is rough. But I had to go down there for work. And um, <laughs> so I'm eating at this diner with one of my um, subordinates. And we start talking about the VA. And because uh, there's some issues that we have to work out with the VA for, for work. And um, so this guy who has the thickest Cajun accent in the world <laughs> is like, you all talking about VA? <laughs> like, I can't even do a Cajun accent. You know, have you ever seen, have you ever seen Swamp People? Well, I was thinking like the water boy. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, oh, I'm oh. Sorry. that's like a classic, like up there with the Ten Commandments and <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> um, you just sounded like the Wii Fit board when you step on it. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh I hate that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like okay, step on. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they make it like that? It kills me. Anyway, you still there? Yep. Okay. All right. You're, my speakers are on the other side of the room here. It's weird. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he's you know swamp people. It's kind of like the guy who's like chew them, chew them. Have you seen this show? No. Okay. Well, so <laughs> talks about chewing the gators. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I I wasn't sure what he said. It didn't make any sense, and the, so. He's an older man. He's 63 years old. He's got one leg. And he's got no teeth. Mm. Okay, but a giant cowboy hat and two necklaces. One with a piece of whalebone and the other one with a giant alligator claw on it. Okay? Whoa. Awesome. And uh, so through this bits and pieces of what he's saying, I'm like, I'm sorry, you were robbed? And he was like, yeah, that's all I said. I was robbed. Yeah, oh, surely, yeah. and i was like do you are you eating anything and he's like i'll just have this cup of coffee right here and i was like sir i'll I'll pay for your meal are you hungry he's like i haven't eaten anything since yesterday yesterday morning i was like okay well you know i'll pay for your meal you know feel free it was a buffet and so he's like oh god bless you god bless you and so he was like, yeah, I'm trying to get, he was trying to get to Florida. He was robbed. Okay. And so he didn't have his bus pass. He didn't have any money or anything like that. And I was like, how are you going to get to Florida? He said, I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. And I was like, I can take you to new Orleans or the North shore. And he's like, Oh, that'd be a mighty helpful. So I said, okay, you eat here. I got to bring this guy back to uh, the training facility. I'll be back in 10 minutes. He's like, okay, all right. So I come back. Um, he's got a pack. He's like, no, that's heavy now. Be careful. Uh, and it was, dude. He told me it weighed 106 pounds because he had to weigh it for the bus ticket. And it was every bit of 106 pounds. And this guy had been walking for a day and a half with that pack and another bag on one leg. Whoa. Okay. And he was, he had, uh, he had, a uh, some sort of prosthetic 
that was from the knee down, but it wasn't like that plastic. It was just a metal peg type of thing. Okay. I guess it was carbon fiber. So anyway, this guy had been walking that long. So we get in the car and we start going there. My subordinate's like, hey, man, I'll call you because are you sure you're going to be okay? And I was like, yeah, you know, with my without my family, I take a little bit more chances when people need help and usually just rely on the Holy Spirit to, to give me a sense whether or not it's a good idea or not. So we're going, and I finally get the whole story, okay? This guy lives in the swamp. There's no roads, and he has a boat, and that's how they get around and he's like him and his family in the community like not his family but the community he lives in okay so he he he's a he's a fishing guide and a and a hunting guide on a charter boat and he's trying to get to florida because the boat is leaving for costa rica and this is like a steady job that he has back and forth they just call him whenever they have like people and these these boats to do this is like it's like twenty five thousand dollars per person per trip so it's like you know surgeons and bankers and lawyers going on these things and so what happened was he took his john boat which i don't know what that is but apparently everybody has one and he was bringing it up to shore and there were two guys there and they had guns and they robbed him and they took his bag of new clothes all his money his King James Bible with horsehide leather that was his Mimaws. Um all his money and bus ticket. And he had to walk through the night to the police station. When he got to the police station, the police treated him like the criminal and told him to empty all his bag and everything, make sure he didn't have any contraband, and then told him to get out of town. And so they, then that's when I saw him at the diner. And so uh, I was like, well, what are you, you going to do when you get um, to the bus station? Because that's where I was going to bring him. He's like, I don't know. I just wait for the bus. I was like, right, but you don't have any money, right? He's like, I got $2.50. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. It turned out I was asking him like a little bit about himself and his family and everything. Dude, his wife and child were murdered in New Orleans by gang members. And like he showed me the bullet that they that they got out of his son, and uh, his like his parents died in a boating accident. Like it was crazy. He was telling me about life in the swamp and everything. This guy, whew, mm. I felt so bad. I was I was like, when I finally got there, because I drove with him for like two hours, mm-hmm. um, and we finally got there, and I gave him some money to help him to get a ticket, a, a bus ticket. Um, and I was like, do you, do you need anything to eat? I, I have, I'm sorry. I have granola bars in the back, but that's all I got. And he was like, I'd love granola bars, but I can't eat them. I ain't got no teeth. Oh, <laughs> it was like, here's a funny here. We'll end on a funny note on this thing. Um, well, he was like, Hey, I'll pay you back. And I was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He's like, do you have a business card? And they said, no, I don't have a business card. And uh, we talked about raising rabbits on the way there. And he's like, we'll work something out. I'll give you some of my rabbits. You know, you come pick up some of my rabbits when I get back uh, from Costa Rica. And I, was, I said, look, if we're meant to run into each other again, we'll run into each other again. Then we'll, we'll settle up then. He was like, all right, all right. God bless you. And so, like, uh, when he got out of the car um, and we got his pack and everything, I was like, you don't have to pick that up. I'll pick it up. I'll go, you know, I'll set it down next to the bus station and everything. 
And um, he's like, all right, just set it over there. And I go to pick up this thing, and it, it doesn't move. It, like, comes up, like, about three inches. And I'm like, man, I know this thing weighs 100 pounds, but am I that weak? Like, I can't even <laughs> move this thing. And so I try again, and I try again. And he's like, yeah, right over there. That should be good. And so it's getting to the point where it's embarrassing. I look down. He's standing on the strap. But he doesn't know he's standing on the strap because it's his fake leg. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh. So I had to look at him and be like, "Uh, I, you're um, uh, you're you're standing on it." And he's like, "Oh, look at that! Yeah, I am." Oh. <laughs> Dude, I, I the whole thing was pretty funny. I called Jackie up and told her, and she was like, "Andy, you meet the craziest people." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I know, I know." And she's like, "Andy." statistically there's no way that all of these people could be lying to you <laughs> like they someone has to be telling the truth about their situation i'm like i don't <laughs> think any of them are lying to me so anyway that was that was a cool story <laughs> that's pretty wild yeah man it was nuts yeah he started talking about ezekiel and the good book and how Nowadays, preachers, they don't know anything about, they just know about Jesus, and they don't know anything about the Old Testament. Hmm. So he knew his stuff. Uh, I didn't, I didn't poke and prod too much. Okay. But, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was fun. <laughs> well, awesome. You definitely, uh, like Jackie said, you know, you definitely meet some interesting folks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm in, I ended up doing a podcast with one of them. Who? You! I mean, he must be doing a podcast with somebody else. <laughs> I'm straight up normal. <laughs> uh, you want to get into comics? Yeah, we probably should. It's been 35 minutes, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's hit some current events. <laughs> Events. Okay, current events. Yeah, Why, we got... what should we do first, man? <laughs> uh, let's do a good one. Let's do Wolverine and the X Men. Is that a good one? Um, I thought it was probably the best of the three that we've got. <laughs> okay. I mean, who produces this show? <laughs> I just don't get it. I asked you what you wanted to do, right? Or no? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Not this time. No, and then I got the outline from you, and it was four books that I didn't want to do. <laughs> so we compromised. Okay. All right. All right. You you start. Wolverine X-Men number 42. Yeah, we got Wolverine X-Men 42. This is the last issue of – it's kind of kind of weird, but this is the last issue of Marvel's longest-running title. That Marvel has right now is really kind of sad that 42 is the as far as they can go, and then they got a reboot. Yes, and this is double do. shipped most of the time too. Yeah, it was, it was. So this did not last too long. Yeah, this uh, this series kind of started right after the schism between Cyclops and Wolverine, and was this was supposed to detail Wolverine's side of things, and uh, mostly focused on the school. But this issue, um, the story goes back and forth between the future where uh, Wolverine is conversing with Itty about closing the school, 
And then the present day, when the school is graduating its first class. And uh, the story also focuses on Quentin Quire. Um, he's upset at the fact that he's basically become a good guy, which is the opposite of his initial creation under Grant Morrison. Uh, in the future, Wolverine and Eddie walk around the school on its final day, reminiscing about the years leading up to the closing of the school. Um, they kind of touch on different characters and where they are, and um, they don't really tell you, you know, how Iceman or Storm got to these places. They just kind of touch on those, and those might be stories for a future time. Um, but the school ends up staying open because the Fantastic Four do not have enough room for the entire four billion students from the negative zone. So some of those students decide to take up residence at the JGS. Uh, during the present story, though, there are lots of cameos, and we actually get to see Pixie and Quentin both graduate from the school. Dupe also gets his moment to defeat two D-lister villains, and all the various artists from the entire series run uh, show up to pencil a few pages within the issue. And that is it. So I know I think you said you, you didn't get a chance to necessarily read this one word for word, but you just kind of got to skim along. No, I actually no, I read the whole thing. Right. Oh, okay, great, great. Yes. Well, what were your impressions of it? Um, this was, it seemed to me like this was a wrap-up issue that that was uh, kind of abrupt. Like, um, I thought that, did you read 41? You did, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, 41 seemed like more of a wrap-up issue than this was. This was kind of like a what-if story that eventually it could happen, but, you know, it really ne isn't necessarily canon because... Um, you know, this could be retconned so easily. So 41 was about Toad and Husk, basically, and um, uh, Toad dealing with the Hellfire Club and what what happened with Husk and how they treated the school. And to me, that was kind of... I know that didn't have, like, Wolverine and all the, the full cast, and this kind of didn't either. It kind of... It didn't have character interaction. It just had a bunch of, you know, cameos. Um, but I thought this one was weird because... You know, it talks about being freshman. It talks about being a sophomore, and then the whole thing's about graduating. Like, do you graduate every year? Like, what do you mean? <clears throat> well, it said, okay, this time we're freshmen, but next year we're going to be sophomores. But still, you get a diploma. Did I miss something? Gotcha. I understand what you're saying. I, I guess I thought that Pixie has graduated into being a full-fledged ex ex man, ex woman. Right. And that Quentin had graduated, too, because it sounds like he's going to have more of a uh, pivotal role in the upcoming relaunch. Right, but I thought it said that... Uh, said Idy says, uh, we're going to be sophomores now. We're too old for brooding. And she's talking to Quentin. So hmm. if they're going to be sophomores then you can't graduate when you're a freshman, right? Or they just <laughs> yeah. give diplomas out to every grade or, you know, I like... Right, yeah, yeah. I just didn't understand what was going on. I mean, it was cool to see Hope. It was cool to see um, uh, uh, Abigail Brand and, uh, you know, Phantom X. But it was just like, you know, what are we doing? This felt shoehorned in, like disconnected from the whole rest of the time. It's kind of like Aaron... They told Aaron... Uh, 
well, we're going to relaunch, and we want you on bigger and better things, and we want you to concentrate on something else, and you're probably okay with giving this up, and we're going to relaunch it and give it to somebody else. So kind of finish up your run. You know, everything that you were doing with Quentin Choir, as well as Angel, um, as well as Genesis, which I was really interested in Angel and Genesis when this first this whole thing started off of, you know, Remender's Uncanny X-Force run as well and how that shoehorned in here. But this is like, oh, finish up. And he's like, okay, I can do it in an issue. It will oversize it and have a bunch of disjointed art, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I see both sides, really. Because, I mean, the last page is a preview of things to come. And it included a battle with Apocalypse and Genesis. Uh, so I think, you know, we'll see some more of that with Latour taking over. Um, I, I mean, I see some people say, yeah, it's really disjointed because all the different artists. And then others say, oh, that's cool. Everybody that got to draw the Jean Grey school got to come back for the last issue and kind of say their goodbye, too. Yeah, I, yeah. And the art on the part that uh, had uh, Master Pandemonium and Swarm, actually, the, that art was really, really good, but it was only two pages, and that was a weird, hokey, strange part of it. And I don't know. It, it just really seemed... Storm seemed totally out of character in her little cameo. Yeah. I mean, she only had one page, but... <laughs> well, I think I think you hit the nail on the head when it was kind of like, wrap it up, because we got to relaunch. You know, 42 is way too high a number. We're going to keep you on Amazing X-Men and have you do some other stuff, so you can't really be doing both of these. So wrap it up and leave it open enough so that Latour has something to build off of. Yeah, and... Uh... Actually, Captain America seems out of character as well in his little thing. That, that was probably the most surprising cameo of the whole the whole issue. Yeah. But I liked it that it did go back to the future stuff because uh, Aaron had, had put a lot of those different pieces into play. Yeah, but only like two sure. times, right? Only two two separate times or, or more? But it was cool to, for, that he was able to go back and it wasn't just... Because stuff like, you know... The whole Hellfire, the new Hellfire Club, and the Frankenstein, like some of those were some really low points of this whole series. But yeah. then for him to go back and say, yeah, don't forget, you know, I, I tried to establish that the Jean Grey school isn't just for 42 issues, that it goes on throughout the future, and I'm going to go back and pick up, you know, how Snot is a villain and, and what's going on in, with Kid Gladiator, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I like that stuff. Most of these characters are stupid, though. I mean, I remember in issue one where he, he was still writing Wolverine, or he had just finished writing or had his run on Wolverine, and he was dealing with some really, really gritty stuff, like really dark stuff in that. And then he comes on this, and it was all lighthearted and everything, and his interaction with Charles Xavier was good. If you remember him, like, going through the halls and showing him the school and everything. Yeah. But then... um as soon as he gets to Kilgore and looks him straight in the face, then we kind of see that gritty Wolverine, but we never saw him the whole rest of the series. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and the Banffs well, are weird, and I, I I didn't like this issue. I liked Forty One better. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought for I see I thought Forty One was going to take us into Forty Two. Yeah, and we were going to have some stuff with Toad and Husk. See, but, I think yeah, I thought that Forty One was the natural progression, and it was a it was. It was well-paced, you know? It was like, it's not about Wolverine and the X-Men. It's about this thing that I was talking about. We're going to finish that up. And then 
you know, 42 was just like, all right, we're going to wrap up the whole series. Really, we're not going to wrap it up. We're just going to end it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know why they're relaunching. It seems more like a like a end of the first chapter type of thing. But maybe that's why they're relaunching. It could be just personal preference. Well, no, that's kind of what Marvel's doing across the board. If they're just trying to make these into little mini chapters, I don't mind that as much because I I feel like a lot of different characters can get a chance to shine in their own little series, even if it's thirteen issues, and then that gives me a chance to explore a little bit more. You know, because you get the giant stories that that um, Bendis is is. I mean, I guess he's telling a giant story. And then, obviously, Hickman's telling a giant story. And he says he's got it planned to 63, so I don't know if they're going to renumber his thing. Um, but, you know, with these like 13-issue Gambit series, you know, try it. Uh, Venom lasted, I think, 34 issues or something like that. Thunderbolts is on 22. You know, it gives all these other characters a chance and then a relaunch. And if you don't like it, you just wait a, you know, wait a year and then... Um, there's going to be, there's bound to be other characters in play. And we just, we just do not agree. Well, what do I you think? That, I hate that chapter thing because it's just. That chapter I, thing. Yeah. I mean, have you ever, you go to comic con- shows and conventions and stuff, show up at one of those in the next 10 years and tell them you're looking for Wolverine volume 17 issue five. Like What? I know it plays havoc when I'm trying to look for the cover art because then it's, you know, Avengers number 16. I get three different covers and none of them are the ones I'm looking for. Yeah, it's it just, you know, they want all these. Everything ha- Every issue has to be a jumping on point. But it, they don't have to be a jumping on point. You know, you just jump in like we all did when there was no jumping on points and you figure it out. <laughs> so you think it's, you think it's pandering to the it audience? Is. We didn't even have the, I mean, when we got into books, we didn't even have the internet. So how were we, I mean, now we're just dumbing it down. You know, we would have to get in and read it and say, oh, you know, if I'm starting a, at issue, you know, 258, then if I want to know what happened before, I'm going to have to get issues before or, you know, go to my comic shop, talk to the comic book guy, um, you know, talk to my friends. You know, I'm gonna to have to just figure it out. Winners find a way, losers don't. Wow. So find a way and figure it out. Today, they've got the internet and Wikipedia and all kinds of resources to figure it out so much easier, and yet we're gonna just dumb it down and say oh, the audience isn't. They just can't do that. They can't understand continuity in more than 12 issues. That's ridiculous. Do you think that this is something that we? I mean, that needs to be a dumbing down issue where you say, Hey, we're, if you're generally against dumbing something down because you think it's a negative effect on the populace, then is this one of those things or does it matter? Like, is it bad to dumb this down? Yeah, I think it's bad to dumb it down because it's kind of insulting to those of us that aren't dumb. (laughs) Am I right? I mean, we've, I've been reading for 22 years now. I've been reading books and I'm not dumb. So when I read the, these issues, I just feel like insulted sometimes. When I when I turn on any Marvel cartoon, I'm so, like... So I'm you started not, reading it, when you were eight? It was 92, yeah. Okay. No, I wasn't eight in 92. 
We don't need to talk about my age. I'm just talking. You said that uh, you know most most five year olds start to learn how to read, and you said that you weren't dumb, and you started to learn how to read when you were eight. Yeah, I was reading way before eight. Oh, you said you said that you've been reading for twenty two years. Yeah. Reading at all or reading comics? Reading comics. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. No. No. <laughs> no. What in the world? Look, those of us that are smart that started reading by age 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on. No, I'm just going to get in my soapbox. Just when <laughs> when I turn on cartoons for my nieces and nephews and their Marvel cartoons, you know, if I turn on the old school Spider-Man or X-Men or Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, they can figure it out, even if it's in the middle of a season. Yeah, That's... but, yeah, you know, the fun of that is like, oh, man, where did these Spider Slayers come from? I got to see the other one. Oh, man, who made this? Who's smart? Yes. Why does he have these things? I thought he was a human. No, no, no. Kids are not smart enough to know that. We need to – it all needs to be within 22 minutes. Yeah. No, yes. you're right. I don't. I don't like that. I'm that. playing devil's advocate here, but I I agree with you. I don't like that. I just hate because we figured it out then. You know, they can figure it out now, and it does. It's just not accurate representation. I know we're kind of moving on to now TV shows, but it's well, just let me let me bring it back to comics. Let me look. Okay, let's say there's 40 solid years of Marvel history before like this whole Marvel now. And look, I like. I like the creative teams. I like the creative books that are coming out. I like the focus on the characters. I like all that. But I also like my continuity. So how many, how long is it before you have to start really adjusting your continuity and saying, this is way too much to keep track of. They don't know what these, who these characters are or anything. Is it never? Or is there a year? I or think... should, should you do what DC did and said, okay, yeah. 40 years, 60 years of continuity is enough. We're going to start over and do another 60 years. I would I would cry if Marvel makes that announcement. I would just be so sad. Yeah, you know what? I actually might jump off if that was the case. I probably would stop reading comics altogether. That, and that's so sad. That's so sad. Don't do that. <laughs> Andy, please, I beg you. <laughs> but I I think I think they need to find a good balance of you know, just because let's say in issue 147, you know, that came out in 1974, that uh, Nightcrawler said he doesn't like rice and beans, you know, then if we can't then look at that and say, well, it's 2014 and they're, they're all, all the X-Men are eating. we got to make sure that Nightcrawler doesn't eat rice and beans because of that, that minute detail that happened, you know. I think there's some leeway in that kind of stuff, but I think general principles... You need to understand. Like that is a great example. <laughs> <laughs> Look, listen, listen to me. I hate rice and I hate beans. <laughs> he said it in issue one hundred twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Who fed me this crap? <laughs> yeah. But then, in this, in this last issue of Amazing X Men, Firestar introduces herself to Nightcrawler because they'd not met. Well, they've met. They've met before on different occasions. So that kind of thing is something that shouldn't be looked over. Well, when, when how big is the detail? Why can't you just assume that, you know, like when I meet a person and I don't remember their name for a long time, you know, I say, oh, I'm sorry, what was your name? That's totally different. They're like, oh, who are you? Um, I'm Nightcrawler. Uh, we know each other. That's kind of 
that's what should have happened. And but it would have been fine if it would have been what you did. Like, oh hey, you know, you're that blue demon guy that runs with X Men. I know there are so many of them out there, but I can't remember your name. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I do. Yeah. What do you think? I've been doing a lot of talking. Oh, I like it when you talk because uh, you know you you have good ideas. I have a sexy voice. Well, you know, there's what that's something. Uh, I think that I think I I like the opportunity. I well, okay, okay. This is what I think. I want a balance, meaning not with the individual books. I would love half the books within the current continuity, okay, to be long-term books for your long-term readers that that don't care about heavy continuity and um, that don't mind navigating through those waters. You know, and then the other half can be your newer books, your always changing rosters, all that stuff. Now, I think that you could still make those two halves jive together. I think yeah. that people do it all the time with characters like Wolverine, with Spider-Man nowadays, too. Yeah. All right. So you have that. But if, if you're dying for, like, 17 X-Men titles, well, you can easily split up. Ten of them are not continuity heavy. You know, seven of them are continuity heavy, you know? I, I think that, that you could figure out a balance. I don't think you have to go all or nothing. And then you keep your fan base for the people that are like, ah, oh, I can't get into that one because, and then you can ease people into that heavy continuity stuff, you know? Yeah. By slightly referencing a couple of things every once in a while. Be like, really? Well, what is that? Oh, that happened in this other book. Oh, that series is still going on. Maybe I should jump into that one. Yeah. Or, or it just came out in trade. So I can go pick that up because it's an older story, but it, Marvel just re-released it as a trade. Yeah. Oh, hey, let me tell you this. This is this is pretty cool. I'm a little off topic, but when I was going through and redeeming all these codes uh, on the on the books, man, did you know that some of these codes come with like the first trade also? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's it's trade. No. Are you? What are you talking? Are you mocking me? No, I just wanted to say no louder. Oh, okay. Yes! Trying to build it up. Oh, okay. You did a great job. Uh, no, I didn't because you didn't get it. You're, you're right. No, you were okay. right. You didn't. Go on. Okay, so anyway, they come with the first trade. Like I just, uh, Thor number 19, I just did. I think it was 19. And it came with the first trade also. So like when I redeemed the code, I redeemed uh, issues 1 through 6 and issue 19. Whoa! Yeah, awesome. for three ninety nine, I got seven issues. Wow. That's a paper copy. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Huh. I did so, not know. I didn't have those digital codes before because I was buying the paper copies and then tossing them or throwing them to add people, you know? Yeah. I should have been doing this all along. But anyway, uh, if you guys see that out there, get I think it's all – it may be the Marvel Point Now books, but uh, yeah, man, it's a steal. Almost literally. <laughs> It's so good, it's like you're ripping them off. Uh, do it, do it. <laughs> All right, are we going to the next book? Yeah. All right, Fantastic Four, number one. Written by James Robinson. Art by other people. That, that's it, I'll, that's all I got. Okay, suddenly, for some <laughs> reason, they're... 
costumes are red. Did you read this? Yes. Okay. So it starts out that Sue is writing to Valeria and Franklin. She's writing a letter, and she says things are bad. Um, Reed is in a bad mood. Ben's in jail. Uh, Johnny's just going berserko, and she's crying about it. Like, he's just drinking and carousing. And it, then it's a flashback, and they're fighting Fing Fang Foom, and they hit him in the face, and everything's good there. They save the day. Awesome. It's kind of weird. It takes, like, 18 pages to to defeat him, but they just punch him. Uh, and then uh, they talks back at the Baxter building. They're talking about how they missed their kids because um, they stayed with Dr. Doom in Latveria. I think they're going to the school over there. And it's because they got mad at their dad for lying about um, infractions run, how... He didn't tell them that their their powers were deteriorating or eating them from the inside out or something like that. Anyway, they weren't completely honest with their kids, and so they got mad. And so I guess because they got mad, they gave them a choice to stay with Uncle Victor. This is great parenting, I tell you that. <laughs> it's like, ah, you can tell you're mad. Ben goes and visits his old flame. Uh, what is her name? Alicia Masters. Alicia Masters. That is correct. All right. And uh, kind of rekindling that, setting things up with that. Basically, they're like, I know uh, you show up in the comics sometimes, and I know you're the love of my life sometimes, and I can't remember if Mark Millar wrote about you, so now we're back on. That's basically what I got from that. (laughs) Johnny goes and talks about you know doing a, a record deal with this company, and everything is good in this flashback until suddenly the gateway to... We don't really know. It says Gateway F. Um, it was sealed, but now it's unsealed. And all these creatures start pouring through. And then, to be continued to the next issue. Dun, dun, dun! It says Assault on Manhattan. Dude, when I read this... Okay, first of all, the art is pretty good. I like that. Um, the new logo? Eh, I'm not a fan. The costumes, the uniform changes, seems unnecessary. But I don't want to be demeaning. But this <laughs> this thing read like an all-ages book. Didn't it read like a Marvel Adventures book? Well, it's a jumping-on point. No, 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 no. No, like, like very kiddie, very, like, child-friendly. Like, there's no harsh or objectionable material in this which is good i don't want objectionable material but this is like you know eight-year-olds who are just learning to read well they did have reed and sue sleep together they're married okay but you're just i i don't really i mean you're talking about an eight-year-old book this would not be a book for an eight-year-old because it shows cleavage in the bar oh that's a stein of milk let's see here I'm turning to the page where they're sleeping together. They didn't sleep together. They went to bed together. Is that what you mean? <laughs> okay. Hey, what are you talking about? Is yes, that what you mean? Yes. yes, they 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 went and slept in the same bed, and that's all they did. Dude, yes, that's what I read. Okay. No, am I wrong? No, if you, if you read what was... It's not even a big deal. I was just saying that... For you, if you're going to say that it's a an all-ages book, 
I would say it's not. Uh, okay, a okay. Did, did this not read like a little, uh, not, not immature, but a little... Um, juvenile. Juvenile. Yes. It yeah. did? Okay, that's yeah. my point. I'm not, that's Why are you arguing with me? I'm not. <laughs> you were. You were like, oh, well, actually, um, they slept together. So, just, uh, just keep talking about The Incredibles, okay? The Incredibles? Isn't that the book that we're doing? They're in their red and black costumes and have those powers. I've never seen that movie. I don't know. What? I've never seen that movie. I don't know. <laughs> what? What? Or Waterboy? I didn't. All I heard was. Or Waterboy? <laughs> no, I've never seen Waterboy either. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. <laughs> do, you, do you think that The Village is too scary of a movie to show my kids? Yes. <laughs> yes. What about signs? Um, well, Jennifer cried. She was so scared, so... In signs? Yeah. She would, She cried because she was scared. I've never heard of anyone crying because they're scared. Oh, my God. What? What? Do you live on Earth? People cry. I've never, no, people cry because they're hurt or they're sad. Or they're, like, really happy, right? Or when they're in fear. I've never heard of somebody crying when they're afraid. Because you live on the bayou. (laughs) Down on the bayou. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, the village is... I told them already. I was like, it's about the walls, and they they have to try to keep evil out. And I said, the monsters aren't real. And Jackie was like, no, we are not watching that movie. No, I mean, your kids... One of your girls is like six, right? Um, yeah, eight, six, and five. Yeah. Yeah, five. Yeah. <laughs> your kids should be watching The Incredibles. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> no, that's why I said that because The Incredibles were red and black and they have very similar powers to the Fantastic Four. Are you trying to move this back around? Because I'm asking you a direct question. Which M. Night Shyamalan movie would be appropriate, appropriate for my kids? Oh, probably none. Would Lady in the Water? No one saw that. I really enjoy that film. I saw you post that on Facebook one time. I was like, what a tool. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure that I posted on Facebook? Yes, I saw you discussing with somebody about M. Night Shyamalan. And I'm like, no, he had like two decent movies. That was it. Oh, I totally disagree. Sixth Sense and Signs. Oh no, this is this was this year. I was talking to uh, uh yeah, I was talking to David Hopkins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so no, I no, I like M Night Shyamalan. I think he does great work on the well, whole. What does it have to do with Fantastic Four? I'm just. You said people cry when they're scared. Oh no 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 no! I don't know. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, Did you not take your riddle in today? I, I forgot. What, uh, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, never mind then. <laughs> Dude, I got in a discussion about abortion with my chiropractor <laughs> just oh yesterday. God. Why do you go to a chiropractor? For my neck. Oh, your neck's fine. Is it, though? I was born with a congenital disorder. Oh, I guess you're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> ah, you're fine. You'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> it's called congenital, though? Isn't it? 
That sounds dirty. Not, not <laughs> genitals. Congenital means passed on. Passed on to your genitals? No, no, no. <laughs> this is an all-ages show. Well, I don't know. We've got two people sleeping in a bed together. It, they're, they're husband and wife. Okay. Do you and not sleep? About... Do you not sleep in the same bed as your wife? Yeah, but then I wouldn't draw pictures of it and trying to market it to children. <laughs> oh, okay. Can I'm gonna define congenital? Here we go. Uh, adjective, especially of a disease or physical abnormality present from birth. Okay, so not passed on, just something present from birth. Okay. Yeah. So what yours was present from birth? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's just we should work. We should like come up with some kind of one million moms against the word congenital or something. A million moms against congenitals. <laughs> just a bad word. It sounds bad, doesn't it? It sounds like you have genitals on your neck. Why? No, congenitals. Just the word itself. Yeah, you have genitals on your neck, and you have to go to the chiropractor for him to make them feel better. Mm, that's no, no. It's just weird. I'm sorry. No, now that now it's weird. Yeah, let's use a. It's a genetic, freakish disorder. <laughs> yeah, the word freakish that yeah, that'll fly. <laughs> Everybody likes that. You wonder why I don't post post pictures of myself. <laughs> oh yeah, there's Andy. He's freakish. It's not like you have a hump on your back. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Oh, how did we get here? (laughs) What'd you say? How did we even get here? (laughs) I don't know. I forget. No. Oh, the abortion, uh, the abortion, um, conversation with my chiropractor. Oh, what, but how did that come from Fantastic Four? I just thought, because you said, how did we get here? And Jackie asked me, how did that even come up? And I said, I don't know. You know, so it made sense to me. Okay, I got you. I'm sorry. I am. I'm so out of it. I cannot. I cannot function without my computer working properly. <laughs> or your Ritalin. I am so over the place. I today. am so upset that I cannot do the things I normally do every single day because my computer is crap. <laughs> I can't. I'm like. I'm so out of it. I'm like. I don't know. Uh, I have an email. I guess. I don't know. Uh, you know, people are asking me. Hey, what are do we allow people on probation to go to class? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't get that email. <laughs> and all these decisions are up to me. And like, they're like, yeah, choose wisely because we could get sued. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I have no experience. Not only that, my degrees in political science. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I know nothing about safety. I know nothing about the oil field. So, uh, you know, I'll flip a coin. But I could argue with you. I can argue with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to move on to the last (laughs) one? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, do it. Yeah. This is all you. Oh, I feel like this one's going to be a long discussion, too. (laughs) It probably is. Well, it might not be. I don't know. All right, our last issue we're going to talk about is Ms. Marvel number one. All right, Ms. Marvel starts off as we're introduced to a character named Kamala. She is at a local store and wanting to eat meat, which is against her Muslim religion. 
There's wait, a sl- wait, wait, wait. Meat or that type of meat? Pork? Yes, M-E-A-T. Okay. It says infidel meat, which is a certain type of meat. I'm sorry. Yes, non-kosher meat. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. I get my religions mixed up. <laughs> you are so culturally sensitive. I just didn't want to write, she's at a local store and wanting to eat infidel meat. It kind of <laughs> broke up my flow. <laughs> it's It's bacon, man. Okay. Okay. She's at a local store and wanting to eat bacon. Right. Slash infidel meat. Well, they said infidel meat. You can say it. You're reading what they said. Yeah, well, yeah it wasn't because I was offended by infidel meat, kind of. But it just didn't sound good in the, in the flow as I was writing up the, the summary. Oh, okay. All right. I got you. That's why I didn't say infidel meat. All right. Uh, she's eating bacon. <laughs> She has. She wants to eat bacon, uh, but that's against her Muslim religion. There's a slight conflict when a local schoolgirl enters the establishment and comments on her sister's head covering. The sister says she's being nice to be mean, but Kamala really wants to be like her. We then move to Kamala's home, where she is very interested in comic book fan fiction. We are introduced to her conservative Muslim family, and she ends a quick dinner with an argument with her dad, who tells her she cannot go to a party. Kamala ends up going to the party anyways. Just like a Disney movie. (laughs) (laughs) And she wins at the end. Um, She doesn't stay long, and as she's walking home, she's hit by the Cherogen wave. In her mind, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, and Captain America appear talking to her in Urdu. I think that's the language. That's how you pronounce the language. Okay. Uh, They say that they are called Faith and talk to her about her powers. She wakes up in a cocoon, and when she breaks free, she has blonde hair and and a Ms. Marvel costume. So, Andy, what are your thoughts? No, you go first. Okay, well, wait, wait. Okay, all right, all right. Let's, uh, Let's take this. I want to talk about this four different ways, okay? Okay. Okay. We're going to talk about this from a craftsmanship perspective. Like how, you know, does it flow? Is it well written? How's the art? Uh, How's the dialogue? We're going to talk about it from a fan's perspective, whether we liked it or not. Um, You know, a fan of Marvel in general, a fan of Ms. Marvel. We're going to talk about this from a social perspective, meaning is it important socially to have this comic on the stands? And then we're going to talk about this from a business financial perspective, okay? So the first one, how is the book itself? Uh, I thought it was not good. Okay, why? I I felt that I I feel like I've got to be so PC. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't have to be PC. I want, but I I want I want. The reason why you don't have to be PC is because we're breaking it down these four ways. I want you to talk about f- the the book, if it, if how it was written and how it was drawn and how it's presented. So, you know, and that can be content as well. But you know, is it a tight story? Is it is it a is it a, is a you know is it too sketchy? Is it not that good? You know, and then we'll talk about 
why this book exists on a separate topic. Okay, so then why don't you start out with the craftsman perspective first? <sighs> okay, all right, I'll do that. Okay, first of all, the cover is gorgeous, okay? I like the cover a lot. I mean, I am I I like the kind of the how you kind of have the 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 idea of, of uh passing on the Ms. Marvel mantle to somebody. I love Carol Danvers. I think that she's awesome. But also, I like that, you know, you have somebody in the Ms. Marvel who, when I thought, when I looked at this cover, I thought somebody who has Ms. Marvel's um, power set and, you know, her drive and everything, but isn't her. And, like, you know, a different take on it. Kind of like Miles Morales um, with Spider-Man on the Ultimate Universe. I like Miles because everything I like about Spider-Man and Peter Parker he takes those things and he has to deal with these things, but through a different lens. So that I really do like that. Um, and so that's kind of what I expected from this. When you open it up, it looks like a kid's book, a bunch of like uh, illustrations for kids books that I've seen before. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very like sketchy and the, the lines and the, and the, especially the colors and the shading um, are not crisp, you know? So it kind of has that indie feel to it. Which is yeah. okay for this kind of book. I think it fits. And, you know, the main thing to me is really does the art fit the writing? And I think in this one it does, you know. Um, the dialogue, I really thought that a lot of this stuff was pushed in our face. Um, a lot of it was like, oh, here, I'm introducing you to the culture. I'm introducing you to the culture. This is, You need to know this. You need to know this. This one and the Marvel Point One issue, you know, it was a lot of, we talked about that, and when you have to explain everything, when you have so many asterisks and you need to understand what a wedding is and what a dog is and different language, it's too much. Um, and so it's it, this, I felt like it was just, shoving it in your face and saying, hey, here's the stereotypical American right here. And here's an outside perspective that maybe you haven't thought about and maybe you haven't been considerate of and you need to think about it. And here it is right here, right here. I mean, I think it was a little bit too on the nose. I, it, it wasn't subtle enough for my taste. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... I mean, I like the characterization. I like whoever that girl is. What's her name? Kamala. Uh, Kamala kind of gets on my nerves just because she seems a, a little bit immature. But uh, you have, like, this rich snob girl. What is her name? Kiki? No. Nakia? No. What's her name? I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. Whatever. Uh, she's nice to be mean. Oh, Zoe Zimmer. All right, so I like her character because, I, you know, I can see that. People are nice to be mean. Um, and this this book kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, which I like that one a lot. That's one of my favorite series by Sean McKeever. But this is like Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane if you were a cultural outsider because of your religion and your nationality. And you were taken from that and put in this you know so to, to me it's not like why don't you just tackle one issue why does it have to tackle so many different issues you know like being as young and immature as she is being outside of culture because she likes superheroes um her her religion 
and then also her cultural heritage or her national heritage. Like, why are we tackling so much in this series? It just seems like overkill, you know? Yeah. All right. So, anyway, I thought the fanfic stuff was kind of weak. Um, the interaction with the family was good. I thought that it, it brought a lot of uh, interesting, you know, um, kind of a balance <clears throat> because you're talking about the people who are super pious uh, but who don't do anything and don't get anything done. And she seems like really immature for 16. She seems like like a 12 or 13-year-old, you know? Yeah. So I don't know what the deal is there. Um, I have to say that this is at the party, whatever, that's fine. But this is the weakest <laughs> origin story in the world. The Terrigen Mist happened. Like, if you're going to... I don't know. It seems like this is not standing on its own two legs at all. This has nothing to do with Ms. Marvel. She just, you know, really likes Ms. Marvel. And so then she happened to get superpowers, and now she turns into Ms. Marvel? It's... She shouldn't... She shouldn't be carrying the mantle of a superhero who still exists. <laughs> Just because she really liked her and the Terrigen mishappened. happened. Like, whose idea was this? It does, So, anyway. I didn't read the letters, but... Uh, this is... Stu okay, alright, here. I'm reading one letter. Thank you so much for creating and advertising a Muslim female superhero. She looks amazing and is a huge step in diversity and solidarity. I think, honestly, it's the best decision that Marvel has made in a while, and it's amazing. Please, please keep up the good work. I love what you're doing, and many do. Sincerely, S. Angel. Okay. How does Marvel respond? Thanks, Angel. We think it's a great decision, too. But we've made some great other decisions along the way. See Hawkeye, Captain Marvel, and new Amazing Spider-Man. All right. Good answer. I think that's a good answer because they're like, hey, let's not, you know, focus on this, but... So I'll, go, I'll probably read these uh, these letters. But the thing is, M. Monet is a Muslim. Peter David already did that. Yeah. She's a, a woman. She's a superhero. There's other ones out there, I'm sure. So why don't they just take one that they already have and promote it that way? Like, what? I don't understand. Emma's a great character. I think she's awesome. She's one of my favorites. So why are we doing, like, they should have said, oh, if you want, see, this is what gets me. Like, it, it's like Marvel's doing this on purpose. They're, uh, by printing that and not just ignoring it and not saying, hey, we have other Muslim characters too. They're saying, like, this is a, this is a great thing. It's kind of like this, okay? Uh, somebody told me this, and I thought it was amazing, okay? I cannot wait, and these people can't wait, for a sports figure to do a press release and come out as heterosexual. <laughs> like, I just want to get everybody together. I like girls. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? Oh, I thought that's what we were doing. I, I thought we're just, you know, telling what, you know, what sex we liked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. by, it, you don't make it normal by treating it different than everything else. I mean, what is the point? Are we trying to make this normal? Or are we trying to tell everybody to be more sensitive? Or, you know, like, 
I don't know. And so from a craft perspective, it feel, it feels like an indie book. That's awesome. It, the dialogue was too on the nose for me, and it, the origin sucked. <laughs> what did you think? No, I could I could not have said it any better. That's why you were poli sci and I was early ed. <laughs> that was just that was perfect. It. I mean, I'm just I'm just going to repeat everything that you say basically, but. Um, I think the hardest part of this for me was it just felt so shoved in my face. Like I, I understand that she has a that she's a Muslim and she has customs and everything, but I mean from the 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 heathen meat on the the first page to the the prayer service to the talking about head like it was so much thrown at you like hey i'm a muslim and don't you forget it and if you don't know what it is we're going to tell you what it is don't forget it like i just don't see that about you know jewish characters or christian characters or or anything like that and it was like i almost felt like if i don't love this book and understand this and think this is the best thing ever that i'm prejudiced or racist or hate Muslims and and that couldn't be any further from the truth. If you don't it's like this overkill. book, if you don't like this book, you are ageist, you are sexist, you are a bigot because you're not tolerant of other people's religions and you are ethnocentric. You have to like this book. Yeah. And that's and I wonder if that's why I haven't seen any negative reviews for this. I mean, it was a subpar book. It's not like amazing. You know, it's like the first half was good interaction, you know, but the second half was just terrible. And they had to show Captain Marvel in her stupid Kelly Sue DeConnick outfit. <laughs> her yeah. hair looked better. It did, yes. But since it was just a figment of her faith being manifested, it didn't really count, I guess. Ah, that's <laughs> um all right so uh okay we, we kind of went into like a um okay from a fan's perspective oh well let's go into a a, a, a social perspective okay we kind of touched on that and then we'll come back to a fan's perspective okay so yeah. a social perspective on this okay does this book need to be on the shelves does a book like this that brings arguably undue attention to cultural diversity does it need does it does that need to be on the shelves? Do we need a a, a comic book that says, "Hey, there are people out there that are not from the same country as you living in this country. There are people out there who do not have the same religion as you." And I, I mean, I, all those people at the party, I can probably say that they're not Christians, you know, like in, I mean, they may go to church, but I don't know, you know, like, I don't know, maybe I can't say that, but like, I would hope that that girl, Zoe Zimmer, if she was being that mean, I hope she doesn't represent my religion because that's what, not what I'm about. So do we need this book on the shelf that says, Hey, Hey, we think that you need to be sensitive to this. 
I mean, what's the what are we trying to get out of this book? Do you know? I think it's another. I mean, I just think it's a move by by the media or the entertainment industry or whatever to just kind of put this in your face and say that this that you know it's just kind of that whole acceptance philosophy whether it's it's anybody's lifestyle anybody's everything that you need to accept it not only accept it but then you need and there's i mean there's people may be muslim that's their choice there's no like unacceptance about that but you need to know everything about it you need to embrace it you need to do everything that you can like you need to buy it to show that you're tolerant and unless it's just overkill because I, I mean I would do the same exact thing for a, a book if Marvel were to introduce um, you know Iron Man number one and it's a boy and he's a Christian and he is and he goes and he's like um, you know when he's in the store he's talking about well I'm gonna eat fish today because it's on a Friday and then when he goes home that um, you know his his mom is um, reading from the Bible and she's quoting scripture and um, she's praying before her meal and then when they get to the party that uh, you know that they make a joke about being baptized in the ocean or you know I wouldn't want to there's no need for that there's no need for such a blatant throwing in your face of religion that so I guess from a social perspective I don't need that. I would like to know what Pakistani Muslims think of this book. You know, like, did they read it and say, awesome, finally, I'm glad there's... See, okay, in your example, though, I I am afraid in your example because I would not enjoy that book that you described, okay? Um, I would think, man, please don't, don't shine any light on my religion because you're probably going to get it wrong people are probably going to get the wrong idea and then they're going to come around and say hey i know about your culture i know about your religion religion i read this book kid iron man i'll be like oh really i mean we had to i had to deal with that on a small scale here at work when they were like hey i know how the x-men got together because i watched first class (laughs) yeah and i was like oh don't talk to me don't talk to me so now, next time I see a Pakistani Muslim, I'm going to be like, hey, I know what that headscarf is for because I read Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, to me, it's a worthless book. Like, even if a Pakistani Muslim wrote it, even if me, let's say a devout Christian, wrote a book about Christian culture that was out there for everybody, I don't I just don't understand what the point is. Do I want people to understand well this is how we see the world and I want you to understand that. No. No, I don't really care what you think about me and my religion. I do care about the freedom of religion and you know so in this country people who are Muslim have the freedom to worship and and have the religion you know uh, to practice Islam. You know, I, when I pick up this book, and I'll, I'll pick up issue two, definitely. But I'm picking it up for the piece that I like, which is good comic book writing. I like the teen angst stuff. 
I like the the Spider-Man loves Mary Jane stuff. She's probably <clears throat> the social interaction, you know, just between parents and uh, kids at school of somebody who's trying to do good. She feels bad when she does something wrong. You know, she has a conscience, and you know, you could say, well, that's fueled by her religion. But let's take the general the the draw of Spider-Man used to be that they're the everyman. Anybody can say, you know what, this is a hard luck case, but he's trying to do the best he can. You know, and those are the elements of this book that I will be drawn to. But everything else, like, that, that it, they shove it in your face and be like, hey, look, she's different and she feels different, but not because she's a teenage girl, like every other teenage girl out there who is not the popular girls, but because she's Pakistani and she's Muslim. Like, h- how many people can relate to this book? Mm-hmm. I mean, I see a letter here, I'm Mormon, not Muslim, but I love seeing positive portrayals of any religion. And he says, I'm on this, I'm definitely along for the ride. How many people, like, I am very interested in the sales numbers on this book. It's going to be high, 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 and people are going to say, oh, it's great, and it does great out there in the world, sending the message. I'm glad the book's out there, but this isn't my thing. I like Thor, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't foresee this lasting long at all. I don't know how it could. And I think that kind of leads into the financial question is how is this going to make Marvel money? That is the question. I mean, especially when they're trying to find the female lead for a movie and they're trying stuff out. Did they just dice Ms. Marvel out of it? Because they're not going to put Kamala Khan in the movie, they're going to put Carol Danvers. If they did a Ms. Marvel movie. Well, is that what they're trying to do? Or are they, I mean, there are many, many parts in the Marvel universe have been recasted with people of different ethnicity to, to show, you know, that we're, we're cool with whatever, you know, which is a statement that I think today doesn't even need to be, try to be made, but that's a whole nother topic that, Maybe that this is something that Marvel is seriously considering is that, you know, we want a Ms. Marvel character, but we don't want a white five foot nine blonde head blonde head. Blonde okay. haired woman. Well, if okay, if that's the case, then talking about this from a financial perspective, taking out my disappointment that it wouldn't be Carol Danvers, not because she's white or blonde, just because I love the character. Um but from a financial perspective, then this will succeed. Because then that's the way it's going to make them money. But short of a movie, how soon will this thing go belly up? Yeah. Well, but then that's that's the whole thing of that that whole guilt that if you don't if you're not reading this and you're not buying this, it's because you have a personal issue with the things that are inside this comic book. So you have to buy this. Well, what if, yeah, I understand what you're saying. What if this comic book just turns out to be not that good of a comic book? Well, it's already not that good of a comic book. Right, and so how long are these people going to stay on, and then are they going to feel guilty if they say, yeah, I give it a chance, but it just you know, wasn't my thing, it's not well written. Be like, oh, well, you hate Muslims. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking we're going to find out within the next probably three issues. Yeah. But I think that they'll push this thing. I don't think it'll be a, a you know, oh, issue five of six. 
I don't no, think I don't it's. Think I don't think it's going to be that. No, Marvel wants this to succeed hardcore, to show that they're relevant in the in the mainstream of um, doing new things. You know, they had the 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 wedding with North Star and Kyle, and they've now taken you know Ms. Marvel, who's one of Marvel's main headlining female characters, and turn it on its upside and and made it to somebody that she's definitely not. So that's another way to show that they're they're cutting edge and trendy and they're with they're down with what's fresh and new, you know. I'm down with what's fresh and new, man. Basically that's kind of what they're they're saying. Yeah, well I I wonder What do you wonder? I lost it. I lost it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't wonder any Oh no no I got it. I wonder uh, if Marvel's behind uh, behind the times on this. Like DC, they had in the Batwoman or the Batgirl uh, series, I think they had the first transgender, transsexual character. Um, isn't isn't uh, isn't multiculturalism and religion and tolerance of those things? Is that an issue that we're still facing, or is that an issue that is that we've the world has kind of dealt with and said, yeah, we're kind of kind of done with that now. That let's uh, you know let's be progressive in other areas. I think it probably just depends on who you're talking to. Well, right, but as a company, I mean, how the media attention that this is going to get—that's what I'm saying. It's already got a lot of media attention, but you know the next big thing for PR and things like that, you know, wouldn't you have to go bigger and better next time? Mm-hmm. Like they already have a Muslim character, which obviously that didn't matter. So they had to do it bigger and better and say, Hey, it's a teenage girl. She's from Pakistan. You know, like now we're advertising it, but now that they've done that and now that everybody knows because nobody knew about Monet, apparently, now they have to do the next thing that nobody knew about to make it. So, like, what is that going to be? So the next series is going to be about, you know, I don't know. Well, let me, let's back up for one second, though, with Monet is, you know, looking at everything that Marvel does with their comics is somehow usually focused around, can we make a movie out of this, you know? Or well, nowadays, yeah. It just is. So Monet, Marvel can't make any money off Monet because Fox has Mar- Monet. So in that that regard, it does make sense for Marvel to say, yes, we need a you know a young female Muslim character, and we can't use Monet. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It does. Uh, let's see. Thank you guys for writing in and celebrating the new Ms. Marvel. We are grateful for your support and making this series such an international media sensation. <laughs> see, right there, that turns me off. You know, yeah. that's like my mom telling me that, hey, Rush's new Rush Rush Limbaugh's new book is a number one bestseller. It comes out next month. Well, that's just <laughs> stupid. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like how can it be a, on the bestseller list if nobody's read it and it comes out next month? It's, exactly. You exactly. know, it's this is so dumb. This is issue one, okay? And they printed the letters page at the same time the issue was released, so they didn't print this earlier. You know, it's an international media sensation. Although secretly I hope that one day this sort of thing won't be considered newsworthy. Okay, see – I could be cynical and be like, yeah, right, yeah, why in the world would Marvel want to not be newsworthy? But 
That to me, that statement makes sense. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be newsworthy. If we are as progressive as as we think we are, especially the comic book reading public, okay? Am I wrong in thinking that most of the creators and the readers are very open to new things and uh, you know, very accepting of a lot of people? Yeah, yeah, you know? it's definitely. A, a, and you can say the word. I mean, it's definitely a liberally based medium. Right. So if that's if that's the case and they could have gotten away with this without all the PR, then that just screams of gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know, if they could launch this book and have the num- the sales numbers, the exact... Well, no, no, let's not even talk about sales numbers. If, if people would enjoy this book and the, the quality of the book was high and they didn't change anything except they didn't make a media firestorm, Okay. Then doesn't that just say that Marvel is doing this for effect, for the almighty dollar, and What's not that? not for the good of culture and humanity? Well, for the almighty dollar, but for the attention as well. Yeah, the P- it, yeah positive PR. Because that didn't they didn't do that with Hawkeye, which is renowned as a fantastic title by every almost everyone just loves that title. And when except they launched you, it, except for me, yep. but almost everybody, but I can appreciate where their people are, are coming from with that title. You know, I understand yeah. when they like the writing and I understand when they like the art and I understand when they like where the character is going. For me, it's just a personal preference of that's not the type of writing and store and art that I like, but I see how others can, you know, and, but Marvel didn't do this big push about, the guy that was in the, in the Avengers is getting his own title. They right. just do something like that. They let Hawkeye be released by two by an artist and a writer that were were not huge, you know, household names. You know, it's not like Michael Jordan is writing it and Michael Jackson's drawing it. You know, right. they just let it be released and it caught on because the there was quality there. Right, and the merit of the book is still on time. Yes, yes. So if they would have done that for this title, I would have been a little bit different about it. This The, the rest of this paragraph is just so terrible. Uh, it won't be considered newsworthy because then that's a sign that we're really progressed as a society. Breaking past stereotypes and racial divisions and finally seeing each other for who we truly are. Now, that's a non sequitur, Okay. Because it gives it, it begs the question, oh well, this book is going to show us who we truly are because does is it talking about the Terrigen mist? Is who talking about the Terrigen mist? I mean it's it's we're finally seeing who we are and like obviously she has uh, okay. inhuman traits or you know, and she didn't know it, so we're finally seeing that. But like obviously it's not. I'm saying that tongue in cheek. But are we finally seeing who the Pakistani people are? Because this one girl cannot represent everybody. Just like one white girl can't represent me. Yeah. So, and it says, we're almost there, though. I feel it. it it's just up to the rest of you. You know, like, I don't know. You know, it, it might just be me. Hey, let me ask you this, okay? Okay. Okay, I'm trying to get some context on my reaction to this. Do you, when when you sing in church, do you raise your hands? If I feel led. 
Okay. I I never feel led. I'm not an emotional person like like that doesn't make sense to me at all. So like I I'm trying to understand like it, it, are these words coming from a genuine like somebody who would raise their hand in church or somebody who would cry because they're afraid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but would would they would they be able to say these things with true sincerity? Or is this all am I just so cynical that this is just all PR stunt? Like I, who who wrote this? Who wrote this? It's probably the editor, right? <laughs> uh blah blah blah. Okay. Mini out Santa. Okay. Okay, so who is that the author? The writer? And I'm not really sure where you are. I think our listeners probably don't know either. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find out who wrote the letters column. Who wrote that statement about the rest is up to you, you know, about being accepting and everything like that. Well, so, I don't know. It says, uh, Amanat. 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 Okay. All right. So, anyway, it's. I think it's the author. So, okay, maybe the author is, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say that the, that this, uh, the author definitely wants uh, stereotypes and racial divisions broken down and everything. Well, what do you think that looks like? What, do, what, is, what, is, what does it look like to have racial divisions broken down? Uh, I mean, I think they're pretty much down. It's 2014. Right, but apparent I mean, but apparently not because this is such a news story, you know, and that she even says that. She says <clears throat> um uh it's a sign that we're really progressed as a society if this isn't newsworthy. <clears throat> so if we're really trying to break down um racial divisions, like does that just mean everybody has their own culture and they live next to each other and nobody talks about it, or everybody's accepting of it, or nobody makes a negative comment about it, or or, or does that mean we we all just uh, this is gonna sound crude, but we all just you know interbreed until there's only one race, or you know like everybody's all about the individual. Oh, you need to be yourself. You need to be the individual. But this individual stuff makes up each person. But we want to break down these these divisions. But at the same time, we want to teach each other about different cultures, like. I just don't understand what we're what the end goal is. You know, like we say all these things and we want to feel good about it, but what is the end goal? Like where what does it look like when we're there? I I don't know cuz I don't know. <laughs> it it just yeah, it it just doesn't it it doesn't make sense to me. Uh you know, more diversity, please. Okay. I, uh, we'll, go ahead. This it's a uh, this this letter says more diversity, please, Oliver Sava. Okay, if we want more diversity, then that is highlighting divisions, like racial divisions and stereotypical divisions. So, I mean, I know you don't want to just show one side of everything, but I just I'm just so confused. What are we trying to do with this book? Like, are we just trying to inform people on culture? Because there's encyclopedias for that. Um, 
are we just trying to show like how somebody goes through life in a different culture or interacting with other cultures? Like to me, that's a great story. Fantastic. I would love to read that story. But are you informing me and preaching to me? Or are we just writing good stories? Yeah. I I just don't know what this book is supposed to do. And if it's like, am I supposed to give it some leeway if it gets too, too preachy? Am I supposed to give it, you know, and say, oh, well, they want me to obviously know what the Pakistani, the Urdu word for bed or wedding is or whatever. Like somehow that's going to help me along the way in this book. I, I think we talked too much about this. Yeah, I'm kind of done with this. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. all done. <laughs> all right. My bad. My bad. No, no, it's not your bad. But I mean, you know, I think we've kind of hashed it out. Uh, looked at it from many angles, and I think, I think you and I could go a lot deeper with this. But I mean, I think we could probably talk about this for two or three hours. Yeah, and at the same time, I, I want to go back and be like, look, listeners, don't think that I'm a bigot or a, or I hate Muslims or I hate Pakistanis. Like I feel that inside of me just because I have a negative reaction to this book. So now I feel guilty that I have this negative reaction. And I feel like I want to make other people understand and say, oh, no, it's not really that I don't appreciate other people's culture. And I, I think that that – I don't know. I think that that's a negative thing. You know, Some people would argue that it's a positive thing to really reevaluate what you're saying. And, uh, yeah, it's always positive to think about what you're saying. But Well, that's mission accomplished then because that's what – that is the reaction that some were trying to elicit from you. No. All right. All right. Well, if we're done with this, let's let's uh, let's hit the State of the Union. The State of our Union. All right. What what topics we got for State of the Union? All right. We're just gonna quickly touch on the trial of Jean Grey and the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. All right, man. Do it. Trial of Jean Grey. What you think so far? It's a it's a crossover between all new X Men and Guardians of the Galaxy, both written by Brian Michael Bendis. Yay! Uh, I think it's kind of moving a little slow for me. I just read you know the latest issue, and they're finally actually starting the trial after like four or five issues leading up to the trial. So it's just it's kind of, it's a typical Bendis for me. It's just a lot of uh, smart alecky remarks and attitude towards each other, characters acting like they don't typically act, and leading up to something that's probably not going to pay off in the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Okay, what about just, you? The, you first like three, the first three issues were slow. I liked I liked the first issue, and then you get the second issue from the perspective of the Gardens of the Galaxy. In the first issue, she was um, abducted. The second issue, they came just a split second late. The third issue, they're talking, they're on the ship and they're talking the whole time, just like, oh, what are we going to do? How are we going to get her back? And then Corsair appears, uh, and Scott sees his dad for the first time since the plane crash. <clears throat> and then actually, issue four, to me, was probably the best one so far. Um, it, it has interaction with Scott and his dad. It's got good interaction with Gene and um, 
this the or not the oracle but oracle and uh you know talking about she's going to be her um legal counsel for the for the trial um i thought that was good i really enjoyed the brief interaction that kitty pride had with uh star lord um i don't know i thought issue four was really good i was really disappointed in issues two and three and i was like oh man what are we doing here like is this just gonna drag on and not do anything like well, yeah, that's, and that's age of ultron yeah but, but that's why we you know since we're talking about the the trial Jingra as a whole then yeah as a whole it's going slow well, right yes no a- absolutely absolutely but i really did enjoy issue four and that kind of brought me back into it gotcha <clears throat> Well, I'm glad you're into it. You're not into it at all. Uh, I mean, it's about it's about six or seven X Men characters I don't really care for. I love the Imperial Guard, but you know, Corsair's back. Dude is dead, so it's just kind of like, oh well, we're not going to explain stuff. We're just gonna here they are. This is going to be a good jumping on point for a Cyclops miniseries, and you know, we're not going to kill Gene at all. Anyways, we all know that Gene's not going to die, so it'll be fine. And This is pretty much, I mean, wasn't that a girl cat, Hepsila? Hepsiba. Hepsiba back, and I thought last I saw, she was, she was, wasn't she with, uh... Sword. Oh, she was? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm glad you're keeping track of these things. Yeah, because she just disappeared from the X-Men. Her and Warpath just disappeared, and she was with Sword, and we've not seen Warpath for a long time. Right. Yeah. Because, well, he was with the X-Force. Well, he was with X-Men. He came back and joined X-Men. They didn't disappear at the same time, but those are the two most recent X-Men. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he was, he was with X-Force, and then he was with X-Men and when who was right, when uh, when Brubaker was right now. And no, they had the extremists, right? Yeah, but he's been with the X-Men when Storm had the X-Men title. He was on Storm Squad. When Storm had the X-Men title? Storm, Warpath, Colossus, Jubilee, Domino, and Psylocke. Oh, man, what were some what happened then? I can't even remember that. Who was writing? It was just it was just remember X-Men was the it started off vampires and then it got oh, weird. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Storm's team yeah. title. Gishler. Yeah. Victor Gishler. Well, then he left. He didn't write those issues. It was Brian Wood. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they had, like, the the mutant but the lifelong thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With the strange, strange covers. Got it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I, I'm interested to see where it goes. I like the – I mean, the whole reason I read Bendis' stuff is for the character interaction anyway because, you know, I'm not necessarily – counting on anybody dying or anything I, I, but the art i think is really good i like the art a lot yeah i've, I've enjoyed the art <laughs> that's it i've enjoyed oh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed i'll it. give it that i mean there's not really much more for me to say I, I just think it's moving slow and to me it's another typical bendis piece okay so what do you think of the guardians of the galaxy trailer oh it was awesome <laughs> awesome so good it was really cool what did you think uh, I thought it was good. I thought it wasn't as funny as I, I was I was thinking it was going to be. I think that Chris Pratt is going to make that character. I love where he's like, I'm Star-Lord. <laughs> and he's like, who? <laughs> he's like, come on, man, Star-Lord. Like, legendary outlaw? Uh, I thought that was cool. 
Um, I yeah. like the whole idea of the the headphones being his tie back to Earth. Yeah. And um, but I don't know. Um, it could be a little bit cheesy. I don't like that. The Nova core looks terrible. <laughs> it took me three times watching it to figure out that that was supposed to be the Nova core. But other than that, it looks like it's going to be a fun movie. Yeah. And yeah, we definitely got to suspend some of our thoughts about how the guardians act in the six one six versus yeah. how they're going to be in the cinematic universe. Yeah. Jackie asked me, she watched the trailer with me. She said, she's not going to watch the film with me. Um, but she said, is it, I said, it's kind of like more like a comedy and you know, obviously action adventure. And she was like, is the series a comedy in the comics? I said, well, the banter back and forth is, but they get in some pretty dire situations. Like some of the Abnet and landing guardians, it's not comical at all, but yeah. you know, the banter that Bendis is writing is a little bit more on par, but you know, the uniform that Pacelli is, is drawing in Guardians of the Galaxy is just, it's weird. It, it's not like the movie. It's not like the other Abnett and Landing stuff. Yeah. So I don't know why that's not matching up. I bet they'll change it, though, when the movie comes out. Yeah, I would assume they would have been on that already, you know? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think also Marvel understood that if we're going to bring this property to the movies, that it's going to be hard for us to have a non-funny, like trying to have a serious movie in the vein of Thor and Captain America with a talking raccoon and a tree that runs around. Right. You know, like we're going to have to just, this is probably just going to have to be our our comedy, not our our serious Iron Man. But even those were, you know, funny, but. Well, it really looks like they're pulling it off. I mean, it looks like the best it possibly could be, I think. I think it went great. I'm I'm excited to see it. I mean, I I I'm way more excited to see Winter Soldier, but I am excited oh, to see yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, you cracked me up. Gonna be uh, good. Anything else in State of the Union? No, we're good. Okay, all right. Well then, uh, let's do the Tino Awards. The Tino Awards. Right, the Tino Awards, arguably the best segment of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> arguably. Uh, how many you got? Three. Oh, boy. i got to write these down. Okay. I have one. One? I know. I know. Look, my whole list of all my Tino Awards and clips and everything is on my dead computer. <laughs> everything is on that computer. Don't be upset that I emasculated you. <laughs> you only have one. <laughs> and you have genitals on your neck. <laughs> okay, that's why I only have one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh. Okay, let's let's just do this. Okay, I have one, Tino Ward. You have three. Yeah. Lay it on me, first one. I wrote a letter. Fantastic Four. There you go. Hey, all 
All right. Hey, was last episode the episode where we said a Tina award that wasn't really even Tina? Yep. Or was that? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and apologize for that. Uh, yeah. That was sad. Yeah, that really was sad. <laughs> I, was, I looked all over and I was like, I swear. <laughs> I read this somewhere that this was a Tina song. Uh, all right. Um, we don't need another hero. We don't need another hero. We don't need another way home. All right. That's going to be for the new Ms. Marvel. Absolutely. God, I mean, we, got, we got easy ones this this week. I know. It's... Well, you know. It's all right. Mine are pretty easy, too. Okay. Uh, the woman I'm supposed to be. Okay, that's for Ms. Marvel. No. What? She doesn't change into the woman she's supposed to be? That would be good. That's really good. You oh. should have picked that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> Wolverine the X-Men? No. Another Fantastic Four one? No. Jean Grey is is not the woman she is supposed to be because she didn't do those evil things as Phoenix? Yes. Good job. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Okay, I came up. I came up with another one. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> all right, so okay, all right, all right. So I have two. Okay. All right. Okay, I got two. I'm just telling you. I felt really, I re- felt really uh, puny when you said I only have one. That's all right. Okay, typical male. <laughs> Would that be for your um, one-legged friend in the swamp? No. <laughs> no, that's, he's not typical at all. Okay. I got an island full of rabbits. Uh, so the whole <laughs> island is full of rabbits, so I know a little bit about it. Really, can you tell me, you know, how do you how do you cook a rabbit? I know about 50 or 60 recipes for a rabbit. What? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, would that be for the Guardian's trail? No. Would that be for Wolverine and the X-Men? Yes. Uh, that'd be because <laughs> Wolverine's quitting? <laughs> Typical male? What Typical male, just quitting. No, <laughs> no, he doesn't really want to. He's living for something. That, or, you know, he's looking for something to keep going because he doesn't really want to shut it down, even though he's grumpy and says he does. Okay. No? Is that not typical? Well, you just didn't discuss that. Yeah, you're right. Well, I came over on the fly. What do you think? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Uh, last one is Teach Me Again. Up 
because the school was going to close down, but it opened up again? There you go. Oh, alright. Wolverine X-Men. <laughs> or it could be just the relaunch. Hey, this title's done. Oh, look, next month it's back. Yeah. <laughs> alright, well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Marvel 616 Politics. Uh, you can email us at marvel616politics.com. Go ahead, leave your voicemail. I'd love to hear what you guys have to uh, say. Oh, I don't do voicemail. You do voicemail. That's okay. Maybe you want to hear them too. Well, (laughs) go ahead and leave your voicemail. Uh, Talk about Ms. Marvel. I really am interested what, you know, everybody else thinks too because I could be totally off base. Maybe it was a fantastic book. Who knows? Um, You can call us at 616-755-TINA. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, at 616 Politics. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. You can hit up our website at marvel616politics.com and that's what you can do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're sponsored by um, (laughs) by Discount Comic Service, dcbservice.com. Go there. Click on the left-hand side. It says pre-orders. You can get the Marvel bundle, the all-new Marvel Now bundle, for 50% off. 50% off. Ships right to your door. Pristine condition. I've only had one book that was ever bent. The cover one page was bent from them. And they took care of that right away. It was no problem. It's awesome. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. Uh, you can look them up on Facebook or at their website, crpsavings.com. Just for $39, you get a lifetime membership, uh, basically like a Sam's Club card, but for everything that you would want at Office Depot. Uh, when you fill out the form on crpsavings.com, if you enter us in the referral box, you'll get a $10 gift card to Office Depot. Woo! That's fantastic. So what do they put? Do they put Marvel 616 Politics, or do they put Jared, or what do they put? I think if they put something on the lines of Marvel six one six politics, that they'll they'll know it's for us. Oh my yes. Um, I guess that's it. You know, if you want to get out of here. Yep, time to take it home. Okay. Well, until next time, make yours Marvel six one six politics. <laughs>